Father, we thank you that we come because of you and nothing else. That it's not about us, it's about you. And we just consecrate all of ourselves, our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. We bring it all under your glory, your love, and your kingdom. And we worship you whether the sanctuary is full or empty. We worship you when things are going right and when they're not. Because you are worthy, you are holy, and you are God and there is none above you. You are our all in all, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. We just fix our eyes on you today. We know you have a plan and a purpose and we are open to whatever and however you want to move today. We thank you, we praise you, we love you. Amen. I believe in the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. I believe in the power of a gospel still makes the broken whole. I believe that the sin of death was broken as they rolled away that stone. I believe, I believe, I believe as I church begins to sing. I believe, I believe, I believe. As I bow before you, Lord, I will rise in confidence. I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land I'm living in. No matter In 
Lord, we love you. Thank you that you love us with an unending, everlasting love, that you're compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding and ending love. a call from my, my daughter, Rachel, uh, Tuesday, and she had been to doctor on Monday, and they looked her over, and, and this is the cancer doctor that pronounced two months, she had two months to live when she first discovered, they, they just, they didn't give her any hope, and, uh, she had already had one clean bill of health from the people down in Texas, but she was going back to him. It was a checkup, and they proclaimed the clean bill of health. No cancer. Cancer-free. And so she was ecstatic. And, and uh, that... That is, uh, unless you've gone through it, I don't think you can really appreciate what's, what it is that you're battling and uh, how it is, what the circumstances of coming out of that in a triumphant way is uh, it's just overwhelming. And uh, so we were rejoicing in that and praising God for it. And uh, but there's there's a lot going on, and uh, I'm will, I'm going to continue to say such things unless God tells me to quit. But I I do believe that out of this body will come strong healings. And when I say strong, I mean uh, pronounced. Is that what you said? Pronounced is a good word, yes. Pronounced healings. But it's it's not just going to be to us, I don't think. But uh, I don't think the body of the church body has an understanding, a good understanding of what that means, healings, and uh, it can. It can be t- 
taken advantage of or people can take it to themselves when the, when the healing does come. I'm the healer. Instead of God being the healer. And uh, I, I was just reminded as we were singing there the uh, Passover and how that God instructed them to put blood on the doorpost and the lintel. And it says in there, that scripture, if you read it and uh, rightly discern it, it says that when God sees the blood, He will pass over. And when the death angel comes, He will see God and he will go on past you it's not the blood that the death angel sees God the blood was for God and if you uh, that's why he had to send his son as a man son of God son of man but it's an interesting concept to me that a lot of times we mix that up and we say, well, the blood was Jesus' blood. Well, it was. It was the Son of God who shed His blood for us. But it was for the Father to see. It was for His benefit, maybe, I guess we'd say. But the Father has to see the blood. That's why... It was God that walked with Adam and Eve in the coolness of the garden. And when he discovered their their plight, and uh, it doesn't say for sure, but I, I would be almost, uh, I would be adamant on the fact that it was a goat or lamb that God killed and clothed them and fed them with that lamb. And so, uh, if you look, one of the things, uh, just an interesting thing, side bit maybe, uh, what is the one deal down through the ages that has been uh, used in clothing? It's wool. So, I would, I would be hard pressed to believe anything other than that, but it doesn't make any difference. It's just a interesting side bit. Sometimes we don't get things right, you know, and we want to. Yes, Jesus did shed His blood, and it took a spotless lamb at at Pentecost or at uh, Passover. To uh, had to be spotless, one year old. So thank God that He sees the blood, and that the enemy cannot harm us because He does see the blood. He see instead of being able to come in and see harm us, He sees. God. 
Praise the Lord. I'm going to... I was reading a little uh, scripture I want to share with you. It's in Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5, verse 24. This whole chapter is pretty much about people doing things wrong. And uh, God telling them that He doesn't like it. But He gets down to verse 24 and says, But... Let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. And when I read that, I thought, my goodness. This is what God wants from us. This is how He wants us to respond in our walk. don't, Don't be like the Israelites and and how they acted, but do this instead. Let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. I, I, uh, Kay and I was with some people this week and strong in the Lord, older people and we talked about we were eating uh, dinner and the waiter had forgotten something. He didn't get it. He didn't hear it actually in the order. And so he, not, I probably shouldn't be telling such a story but it might come back on me. Anyway, I'm going to continue. the man that was with us he hollers at the waiter waiter we going to get those salads and he had ordered I heard him say that he wanted a salad and it just he said he looked at me he said I guess you didn't like that, did you? I said, no. I didn't. They, they're good friends. So. But uh, sometimes we let our attitude or actions dismiss what God is doing around us or in us. We do it by not allowing or all my life when I've, that I've heard about giftings 
people will hide behind them sometimes. They say, well, that's the way it is. That's the way an, an apostle is, or that's the way a prophet is, or an evangelist, or even a pastor. That's how they are. And that's not, not, there's no excuse for bad character. So, we, can, we won't go there, but Colossians 3, Ephesians 5, you can go and you can read what good character should be. And you know them by the fruit. So, um, I can, I can thank God. I'm not saying that I'm blameless. But when you see it in other people, it, it makes you wonder what the world sees. What's, what are they looking at? And what are they weighing when your bad character shows up? Barn has done a lot of studies about why the church is growing smaller. Um, even evangelical churches are growing, but like denominational churches are just dwindling. But the biggest like generation Gen Z and even millennials, most of it is the hypocrisy of it all. Right? Is you say these things and your actions do not match the Bible that you preach, the Bible that you thump, the Bible that you accuse, right? And another reason is that we're not actually valuing people. We value ourselves, we value our systems, we value how we've always done it, but we're not actually fighting for people. And we're not fighting for the value of all people. And the millennials and Gen Z are very, very much concerned about how everybody is being treated. They're very much focused on justice. They're finding that Generation Z is more generous than the boomers. They give more. They give more of their time. They want a cause. That's why they're not staying at a lot of jobs. Because if it's not for a greater good, they don't want any part of it. And so it's not going to, they don't care about it being about a profit, right? And the older generation, as long as you're making a profit, no matter how you're treating other people, that's the only thing that matters. And so there's a lot of the character, right? And what has been the focus, that is what is causing the church to lose any kind of authority, not that Christ is losing authority, but the system of the church is losing authority because it's not aligning. Right, and the church has forgotten about justice. But as long as the church continues to think that they're better than other people and devaluing the worth of other people, no matter who they are or what they believe, 
it's not going to work. But I know uh, I've listened to televangelists, uh, preachers. They wanted, a few years back, they were wanting bigger airplanes. They had two or three already, but they wanted a bigger, nicer, better airplane. And they went around promoting that. You know, I want this, and why shouldn't I have it? And, and then along came COVID, and they grounded their airplanes, and they stayed home to, and wouldn't get out amongst the sick. And I'm thinking, that was the purpose of buying this airplane was to go out and be able to go to, to the nations and heal the sick. And I'm thinking, hmm, that something doesn't line up. And it's not just them. I mean, it, it can fall on us too. And, uh, but I, I think we're, if we'll do what God says for us to do, we will see the goodness of God. We will see the goodness of God. And justice and righteousness and mercy. Have mercy on me, O God. Don't, don't let foolishness ruin your testimony. Or fear. I think there's too much fear in us, in the church, in the body of Christ, and it's pushing out love. And it should be the other way around that love, perfect love, casts out all fear. But we don't have to be afraid of what's going on in the world, right? We can be aware, we can pray, but if there's fear, then that's a fruit to know that we're not in alignment with God, right? So, and right, we can love anyone that comes around us. It's not a disease that we can catch. God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that. The love casts out the fear. But we can't be huddled in our little masses afraid of the world. That's not what God, God told us to bring his kingdom here. That's the gospel. His kingdom come. His will be done. Right? Jesus' message is the kingdom of God. That's what he, he preached. Right? And he identified and he brought God's kingdom through the healings, through the deliverance, through the feedings, right? Through the taking care of God's people. And he was afraid of no one going near anybody, right? Lepers, the least of these, right? 
the blood, anything, right? He went against all of those Levitical laws because he knew the power that was within him. And we can do the same. And more. He said, with the Holy Spirit, we will do more. Right. And walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. I don't know, think I want to go any further. Just to know that, you know, we've been proclaiming healing a, a cancer-free zone for quite some time now. And I believed it was the word of the Lord when we heard it. When Lyndon brought that word, I, I knew he was speaking what God had said. And uh, I have that same confidence that we're going to see healings start happening. It may, I don't know if it'll start here. But all I know is that we're going to be a part of it. I know that the healings are coming. And it's going to draw people. They said, This is real. This is. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I th- I'm. I'm also confident in this, and I've stated this fact last week, that I'm pretty sure the reason that we haven't had it like it, sh- like it should have been or intended to be is because there hasn't been a people who would not take it to, them, to themselves. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that even this morning, that you're reminding us again that your hand of healing is at hand. That healing will come to the body, will come to not just the body, but will come to cause there to be an outpouring of people uh, poured out in such a way to receive what is at hand for us. Father, thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.